Welcome to the Watch and Learn Show, where we talk about life lessons we learn from movies new and old, and we have a bit of fun along the way. And now, here's the host, Sky and Dusty. Hey, hey, movie maniacs. My name is Sky, and I'm joined today by my brother Dusty to talk about the original 1984's Terminator. Now, Dusty, the future in this movie that Reese came from was 2029 Los Angeles, and I think I finally figured out where all those skulls on the ground come from. All the homeless people that are living in L.A. right now. <laughs> there are so many and they're just pooping i know san francisco they're just pooping in the street right now so yes that's probably where all those literally thousands or millions of skulls just there lined up yeah for sure i finally figured that out and with the way things are going nowadays um it, la really could look like that in, in nine years from now you know it definitely could and you know when this was made do you remember what year this was made 84 oh my goodness well I remember going to the movie theater to watch this. And I was born in 79, which means it had to have been right when it came out. We went and watched it. And as a little kid, the one thing I do remember was how much we paid for a movie ticket. For some reason, I remember it was like $3.75. As a little five-year-old kid, like, wow, $3, that's a lot of money. <laughs> so $3.75 for the movie. Yeah, that is crazy cheap, man. I remember back in the day, I remember when I first got my car back in 1996, driver's license on the car, one gallon of gas was like 95 cents-ish, right around there. It's just, you know, things like that. When you think about the past, sometimes it just reminds you of how, not how old you are, but like how crazy things were different back in the day. Like when you see um, Stand By Me, right? The boys are going through town and they buy hamburger meat for like five cents a pound to make a burger. And I'm all burgers cost 10 cents. What's happening here? That's true. And especially even like the I think the velocity of change or the velocity of how much money has been deep or appreciation or an inflation on it to where it's not worth nearly what it used to be. I mean, it just it's sad because people that make money now, it's just like, oh, man, and like five years or maybe 15 years, it'll be like worth half or as much as it's worth now. Yeah. But looking at the way Terminator is this now, does this follow the logic of either one of two movies back to the future or Endgame? It's back to the future rules. Back to the future rules. Now there's not many rules like the Ed game. You, we always see the back to the future rules. Cause that's like where we really see it take off where people are like, okay, that's what happens. You go back and you change the future and all that sort of stuff. And we really grow to know that. And this is definitely back to the future rules. Now I got to bring up my first, like the first thing I literally have to think of is the Monday morning quarterback. Now they didn't tell us why, but they, the good guys are the humans it's like humans versus machines. It's literally what the, you know, the sides are. So the humans should have sent back like 300 soldiers instead of just one. Not saying that we have any clue of why they could it, because at least I don't remember hearing that. But that was my money, money quarterback. I was like, why, do you, why did you send one? That just seems and then blow it up. That's just kind of silly. Yeah, he said something about there was only enough charge or enough power left to send one when he was explaining what was happening to Sarah. At one point, he said that. But that reminds me of my Monday morning quarterback. Sarah's roommate is an animal. She's a monstrosity, dude. She is, she has no moral compass at all. She made after sex dinner, which I'm happy with that. Good, good on her, right? After sex meal for her and her boyfriend. 
but she made celery with peanut butter and she left off the raisins. Can you believe that? <laughs> what an animal would not make ants on a log. She she deserves everything that she got in this movie. Ants on a log. So that's your money, money, and quarterback. Yep. Got it. I, I would say that I did not think of that. So you got to be healthy, one, baby. Man. You one up me. <laughs> so in all with this, the movie of the Terminator, we've seen basically, I think we've seen all just about all of them. And there's been quite a few ones, seven, eight now. And out of all of them, where would you say this first Terminator actually ranks in your somewhat order of like best to worst? Third. Oh, T2, T3, and then Terminator below that. And I'll tell you why. We watched Terminator 2, episode 72, I believe it was, and we absolutely loved it. We both gave it an A or an A+. I mean, it is the classic go-to Terminator bad guy robot future traveling kind of movie. Right? Nothing better than Terminator 2. And then the other day, Terminator 3 is on Netflix or Amazon, I can't remember, but I watched it and I had so much fun. There's so many good humor moments. Arnold Schwarzenegger comes back. You have the Terminatrix. You have Nick Stahl as um, uh, John Connor, which he was kind of cool. Claire Danes is in the movie. Really fun movie to watch. And then this one, watching it last night, it just wasn't fun. I didn't enjoy it there's hardly any humor like i would choose t2 or t3 over this one any day but i would choose this before terminator dark fate or genesis or any of the other ones so i literally cannot remember part three i don't know i maybe i should go back and watch it because i literally cannot remember i'm like racking my brain like t2 for me that's by far the best one like you can't beat t2 but when i watch through t1 it's I want to say it's like not necessarily a different genre or anything, but it was literally a gritty, um, you know, action thriller type of movie. They didn't want any humor, even though there was a little bit of not would say humor, but just kind of like, oh, there were some little wisecracks like um, uh, at the very beginning where Sarah Connor's working at the diner, you know, uh, somebody says to her like in a, in a well, one of the other waitresses says in 100 years, this wouldn't matter. Like. Whoever says something like that only in this movie, because it's about time travel yeah. or another thing where his or sorry, Sarah Connor's roommate, when she finds out that the guy dumped her or, you know, just left her hanging there. And she says to him um, that uh, there. Oh, no. Before that, she says that um, no mortal man deserves us. You know, so it's like two little like wisecracks of you would never, ever hear anybody say something like that. And I was thinking it's not necessarily funny. It's just like, oh, I now I caught on to that. But it's a I wouldn't say it's a different type of movie. It's just they were going for like, this is the Terminator. But then as movies progress, as people's idea of what's good and what's bad progresses, you need to throw in other comedic elements or other elements that aren't just all, you know, hit hard hitting all the time so for me i probably should go watch t3 again but i would say t2 then t1 if t3 is in there i might have to watch it again but um all, i mean honestly all the other ones it just they were so so sad or you know it wasn't really for me any one of them um then maybe the most recent one dark fate was somewhat okay like it wasn't too bad yeah um but yeah so for me t2 and t1 i'll have to watch t3 again though yeah, I highly recommend it. You might remember Kristana Loken. She was the female Terminator. 
that was the first time and that she would actually like be able to have like fire, like a flamethrower out of her arm and stuff. You know, you might remember that. But the coolest visual in that movie, maybe we'll cover it someday, but this might remind you. They're going on a truck with a crane. He drops the crane into the sewer. It catches and the truck flips with the Terminator on it. Maybe you remember that. Such an awesome visual. yeah, no, I don't no. remember. <laughs> okay, that's forget no. it. But I, I do I highly to... recommend this one. Now, so, you just gave away the spoiler for me. I man. know. I, I know. It before, I gotta... <laughs> <laughs> that's like the biggest visual in the movie, and I guarantee that's in the trailer. Seeing that tanker truck flip over like that, you know. But um, got it. So this movie was a lot of fun. Now I realize now that all three movies have scenes with gigantic twelve wheeler rigs and stuff. Like that movie had that with the gigantic train. Tr- uh, crane with eight wheels 12 wheels or whatever t1 and t2 of course they have the gigantic um gas tanker trucks as well you know like that's a common theme in these movies you know gigantic equipment in order to help at least maybe not stop but slow down the terminator it's like machines or humans using machines to fight against machines and then especially in this one when they're in that little factory or the big factory where and if you watch the trailer it's rather interesting they make the scene of the factory seemed like it's putting together the Terminator, which it absolutely doesn't. So I went back and watched the trailer after I watched the movie all over again. And so it was, it was, it was a, a decent trailer, but you absolutely know Arnold Schwarzenegger is a Terminator. He's the star. Like he, you want people to know that, Hey, he's the bad guy. You know, he was commando or, you know, anyways, or Conan, the barbarian, but you have the machines actually go against machines you know, and so that was pretty interesting. Now I'm trying with all of these different movies. I, as I'm watching it, the storyline's pretty, pretty good throughout the entire thing. And I also like and appreciate how they try to keep this not necessarily say all the same characters, but some like the guy, like the uh, doctor from the police station from part one. He apparently got, either got a promotion or got a new job, but he was at the psych ward in part two, you know? And so it was rather interesting to, you know, seeing them translate. And they brought um, him back in part three as well. Oh, did they really? Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. And then we see Edward Furlong. He's the only one that I know of. He was in part two, correct? He wasn't in three, correct? Not in three. He was in two only. A different character, Nick Stahl, played John Connor in part three. I just thought that was really weird. But Oh, well, you would think that maybe um, uh, they would have got him back. But you see a Dark Fate, the newest, newest Terminator, that he was in there again. It was probably just old footage that they got and, you know, just cropped him in, which was pretty darn cool how they did that. Now, what would you think about you being um, Kyle Reese and you trying to take on the Terminator by yourself as well as being hunted? That's just pretty crazy. It is pretty crazy. Um, what I would have liked now, you can't really do it, but he should have done more game planning and he should have like, while he was waiting for Sarah Connor or something, he should have been making those pipe bombs then or something like he knew what he was up against. That little handgun he had and a shotgun wasn't going to stop him, but I think but they can't show him like preparing for battle with the robot because we don't exactly know what he is just yet. You know what I mean? You got to kind of keep the suspense going. So I understand that, but yeah, I mean, you got to do what you got to do to save the mother of the human race like that. So I guess you got to just take him on, but it would have been cool if he just looked in that phone book. Oh, phone books are pretty darn useful in the past. At least nowadays, I don't know how useful they are. We never use them, but he should have spent some time looking up metal smelting factories or, 
or I don't know, some heavy equipment. Go to Home Depot and rent a rent a pop riveter or something, you know, to pop it in the head. <laughs> I don't know what he could have done there, but he could have done a little bit more prepping to fight the Terminator. Another thing with time is rather interesting is why did he not go back like a year prior, hang out there, get to know her, make sure he knows who she is and just, Hey, working out the gym together. Oh, Hey, I, I, I see you, you know, <laughs> something like that. So you actually know, cause you, it seems like he knew what day that the Terminator went back to. So if you went back a year prior, then you'd be totally fine. You'd be like, man, I got, I got, this is going to be a breeze. I'm going to plan. I'm going to have 10 billion of these pipe bombs. I'm going to have like, that's another little nuance. Obviously time. It's just always hard to write a story that people can't go back and pick apart. But yeah. at the time when I was five years old watching this movie in the theater, I was like, wow, this is so cool. Exactly. Totally. Totally. And it's, it is still a really good watch, but like you had said, just without that humor element, it's just not as fun of a rewatch. And, I do like how there's one character that develops a little bit through the story. Sarah Connor grows from just a, a 25-year-old waitress into now she's becoming that tough, that tough, just tough mother that we know from parts two and then ultimately Terminator Dark Fate, you know. And that's one of the things I really liked was who knows how they did it, but they chose a great actress to play uh uh Linda Carr. To play Sarah Con- Connor. Linda Carter was perfect for it. We see her in part two. She just got super lean. And you can tell she was super tough. And then part three, she was the old grizzled woman still ready to take on the Terminator. I think she was great. And that's a, like a stroke of genius kind of casting. They, man, as always, they did a great job casting, but not enough. I Not enough of this one character or this one actor. So I was so blown away that they just, they literally, they left so much. He could have performed so much more. Bill Paxton was in this movie. I was like, dude, Bill Pat, Chet, Chet is in this movie. How come he is not like right there with Kyle running around? Like, oh man, this is Bill Paxton. You, why do you got to leave him out? So, but it was really fun seeing him as well as there was another guy like uh, his, her roommate's boyfriend, I can't remember his name, but he was a pretty well-known actor back in the, like, you know, the eighties. So he was, I was, Oh, I recognize him. And a couple other people like, Oh, I recognize that dude. Um, the, one of the other guys that was with Bill Paxson, I can't remember the, the blonde dude. He was, he looked familiar. He was in a couple other movies, but, uh, it was fun seeing some like, Oh, I recognize that, recognize that, recognize that the casting was really fun. But do you think there is anybody else other than Arnold Schwarzenegger that would do as well? Like could they have put anybody else in there? I don't think so. Well, Anybody else could have pulled off the role, but who knows if it would have uh, warranted a second and then a third movie. You know, this one, I looked up the Rotten Tomatoes store uh, score, 100% critics, 89% audience. This is a well-loved movie by everybody. And it was probably at least not, I shouldn't say probably, definitely helped by Arnold Schwarzenegger and the menacing, gigantic size that he was. I mean, they could have found like... I mentioned before Lou Ferrigno in the last Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, Lou Ferrigno could have done it, but he doesn't have the acting chops. He doesn't have the look. He doesn't have the menacingness that Arnold Schwarzenegger can pull off, you know? We, I really think if they would have got Andre the Giant, that would have been by far like he's inconspicuous and inconspicuous. And he would have been, I'm just kidding. Yeah, he can blend right into any crowd, that guy. You're right, Dust. He can sneak up on Sarah Connor piece of cake. (laughs) Yep. He can drive back in 1984. What were they driving? Uh, Little Yugos or um, 
tiny little, I don't know, Toyota, uh, Toyota Celicas or whatever, he could have fit easily inside one of those. Nobody would have given easily. him a second look. So for anybody who does not know who Andre the Giant is, go look him up. I mean, he's monstrous. Like, literally, think of how big Arnold is. He's not that tall. Arnold's maybe like 5'10", 5, 5'11", 5, at best, six foot. So he's not that tall. Andre the Giant was like seven foot two or 4 or 5 or something. He was ridiculously tall. He might have been taller than that, but he was amazing. But yeah, that's why I was joking, because he'd be an inconspicuous. No, you see him coming like this. Oh, yeah, this has to be the German hitter if you saw him. 100%. I really like, you mentioned Bill's, uh, Bill Paxton. I really liked his tire track. Uh, maybe it was a tattoo. Maybe it was just face paint, whatever. That was pretty cool. I've never seen that before on somebody's face. Well, and there's a reason why you've never seen it again, because it's just like, who would ever? It's ridiculous, ever but it's, it's like 1984 punk. That's perfect for that scene, I think. You know? <laughs> did you, now, growing up, did you ever do any punk rock hair like that? Or like, you know, spiking or mohawk or anything like that? I tried to do the spiking thing, but it takes a long time. A lot of hair product, putting your head down on a table and laying and blow drying it flat. Um, so no, I never did. Although I did have it shaved on the sides with long on top. And then I eventually got it to where like it was two inches wide up top, but I never actually tried to put it in a mohawk. I think I screwed up. I missed my opportunity. That's my one life regret right there. <laughs> I've never tried it to, you know, tried to actually put it in a spike or a mohawk or anything. The only thing I've ever done is bleached my hair and you obviously remember that but when i bleached my hair so i so if you if you guys go watch this um watch and learn podcast.com forward slash youtube you'll see sky and i and you'll see what we look like we have dark eyebrows well, i mean we're half japanese and so we have dark hair dark eyebrows so imagine my head literally bleached with these huge dark black eyebrows that look like caterpillars on my eyebrows i mean they're they're huge and so i just look i look ridiculous <laughs> so now looking back i'm like Hey, you know, that's the time back in college when you just got you know, to just enjoy life and do whatever comes to your head and then look back and regret. Yeah, and, and regret. Exactly. You look like Guy Fieri, although you didn't have the goatee. You never had the goatee that you had. Or you have a beard, no, I, I guess. Did. But I don't know. Have you ever had just a straight goatee? No, so. uh, occasionally, oh. rarely. Just rarely. for a when day, huh? when you're side. shaving everything, you leave that just for a little bit. I'm more of a mutton chop type of guy. Totally, that's, totally. That's my. That's, my style. <laughs> that's right. Hey, um, uh, one thing I did want to mention was there's a lot of stuff nowadays that we didn't have in the past: cell phone, social media, a billion channels on television, and stuff. One thing that is such a bummer is that we do not have an easy way to go mom hunting anymore, right? The Terminator and Reese both just whipped open the phone book. Oh, three Sarah Connors, piece of cake, man. We don't have that nowadays. Now it's so difficult to do my mom hunting. It sure is. I mean, if you go anywhere, like if you even just type Facebook, type in Sarah Connor, you're going to probably get a 1,500 just Sarah Connors because all of them are on there. But in one city, you're only going to get like three. But yeah, though, that's that's... That's pretty astute, Sky. Pretty astute. Mom <laughs> <Yeah>. hunting. <laughs> exactly. So I want to. So I want to know what your prop is. So I have two, just in case you pick the one. I I have two. My prop is the stop motion animation Terminator. Oftentimes, for stop motion animation, they'll do a prop. You know two feet tall, 18 inches tall or whatever. That's the one I would take. If they did a full-on body size Arnold Schwarzenegger, I would take that as well. But whatever they use for that stop motion with him trudging down the hallway towards them, that's my uh, prop. 
Whew, that's a good one. I'm so glad you didn't pick mine because I get to pick this one. So that's a good prop. I think that's going to be one of the best ones. So iconic, but not nearly as much as this. The hobo pants and the Nike tennis shoes that actually Velcro around the ankle. Yeah. That is going to be so – so that's my prop. The hobo pants and the Nike shoes that you could add. We'll throw in the trench coat because without a shirt, without a T-shirt, that is iconic. Either that or I'll take the Terminator hand that's reaching out, uh, you know, because it's actually in part two as well. Um, but or part, Yeah, part two. But it's reaching out, trying to, you know, kill – and kill Sarah Connors like this. And so, uh, but I'll probably go with the hobo pants. Yep. Yep. I, I do like that choice. The hobo pants, especially green with paint splotches on them and stuff. Um, one thing that I, I thought of when I watched this was Arnold Schwarzenegger movies are full of quotes, right? Like this is the one that started. I'll be back. And everybody knows I'll be back. Maybe the most famous movie quote of all time. I'll be back. But there was another one in this one. It might have been the first time he said it. He said, F you, asshole, when the guy knocked on his door. But then he also said that in the movie we did a couple weeks ago, Commando, right? And I get a feeling, I shouldn't say get a feeling, it's obvious that the producers, maybe Arnold Schwarzenegger himself, they they find a quote or a line that works from him and they say, this worked in that prior movie. Let's use it again. And it's just it's just kind of a fun thing. If you watch Arnold movies, you'll see the same or hear the same quotes over and over. I, it's very, very fun. And so it was in The um, Running Man where he said that, F you. And also love the I'll be back because you say that all the time. And as well as what was interesting is I saw something that, Arnold Schwarzenegger did. And obviously this is his second language or second or other language. Like he's from Austria. So he speaks Austrian. So he's trying to learn this language. And so when they told him, you need to say, I'll be back. And he's all, why would I say that? It's I, I would say, I will be back. Oh, really? No, don't say I will be back. You say, I'll be back. He's like, that just doesn't make sense to me. I'm like, just do it. And I bet he is so happy he actually did because that's that, that literally grabbed everybody. He's like, oh, look at that. Because he looks so menacing and so just like, dude, that guy is – if I was behind the paper and like – sorry, behind the desk writing the paper like that whatever you know, little uh, police officer was, I'd be like, dude, this guy, I better keep an eye on what this dude's doing. He's pretty menacing. For sure, for sure. Um, and speaking of menacing, he did look really menacing. They had some pretty cool prosthetics with that uh, robotic eye and everything. But then some pretty cool, for the time, it was kind of like, it looked really neat. Some fake full heads of Arnold Schwarzenegger with that eye right there. I really appreciated, nowadays for a lot of that stuff, they do CGI. And yeah, it looks more seamless, looks more real. But I just, for whatever reason, maybe because we grew up with it, I appreciate those physical, visual, actual effects and stuff. I just, I just love seeing that Arnold looking in the mirror, his head's kind of like slowly moving and stuff. And I, I know that it's fake, but I appreciate it. Yeah. And what's interesting is, I, I, so I, I love all that. I, I, for some reason, I need to go back to the quote for some reason, or like the, the one-liner, um, and there's so much to say about what that could process and everything. It did obviously look a little hokey in a sense now when yeah. we are so used to so much. But back then it was like, this is brilliant. Um, so there were two different quotes. Arnold Schwarzenegger has had many, many different quotes. But two really iconic ones came from the, this franchise. Number one, I'll be back. And number two, hasta la vista, baby. You know, so those are two big quotes that I just had to bring up one more that the Terminator franchise actually has really helped. Arnold Schwarzenegger's career. Obviously, this one I think took off. It really helped him even much more so. 
But um, yeah, getting back to the um, prosthetics and how he looks and everything, really, really fun to see, like adding that in. It's slow and it literally grinds to a halt, the movie, like the action. It's like, and then he's like taking his arm apart, taking apart his eye. But it's a good part of the movie to help you to understand this guy is actually a robot. Like it really, because right now all you see is Terminator, or, uh, you know, you know, it's Terminator, but you see Arnold. Now at the end, after he gets exploded, all you see is just the Terminator. Arnold's completely gone. So it was really good transition, like from beginning to end. I liked how in the end, it literally was a half Terminator going after and just crawling after Sarah Connor. So really, really good. Yeah, for sure. And I really like the menacing nature of the Terminator. He's, and I can't remember the exact line, but Reese says he's unstoppable. You can't convince him. You can't talk with him. Can't reason with him. He'll just keep coming and coming until you're dead. Absolutely love that idea. And that's what made this movie so menacing. And I think like with that whole idea in mind, maybe at the time back in the early 80s, you don't really want to throw in humor because it feels like humor and action are two separate things. Let's keep it menacing because it's I, I, my guess is when James Cameron did this movie, he kind of thought of it as like a sci-fi horror as opposed to what it became in the future, kind of like action, sci-fi, action, and then with comedy thrown in for a little bit more enjoyment. Yeah, because people really like movies that they enjoy as well. And I like having a good time watching this movie. Now, watching this movie all over again, I haven't seen it, and goodness, at least probably... 20 years, Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe 15 to 20 years around there. Um, But watching it again, I really enjoyed watching it again. Although I probably couldn't watch it or I wouldn't watch it for the next maybe 10 years. And then maybe 10 years down the line, or I mean, when the kids are a little bit older, maybe watch it with them, you know, just because it's, it's a rather good movie to watch, but other movies like Terminator 2, I could definitely watch that again because there's a little different nuances in it. And so it's really good. One, one line that I, I picked up on that you might've, well, maybe. So, you know, the Lego movie, right? Mm-hmm. The first Lego movie, there is where wild style goes up to Emmett when she meets him for the very first time. Do you remember what she says to him? No. It's, so, okay. So very, very similar to this. So if you remember in Terminator right now, what we're watching, Reese goes up to uh, Sarah Connor and you know, after he's just blowing up the Terminator with a shotgun inside that bar, and he goes up to her and says, "Come with me if you want to live." Come on, and he starts pulling on her, <laughs> and that, for some reason that line always stuck in my brain. Then you go fast forward to all the Lego movie, which was made out what like forty five years ago, something like that, and Wildstyle says to Emmett, "Come with me if you want to not die." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They actually did that, like, obviously a little bit of switch. I don't know why they would do that because you would, I, I just remember, come with me if you want to live. And so when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's kind of reminding me of the Terminator. Totally. I think they made that switch just because it makes it stand out more in your head. Uh, and just, it's a more fun idea as opposed to kind of like rehashing something you've heard in other movies. Now you're turning it and making it fun. So I like that idea. Let me give you my lesson, my first lesson. If a naked guy, You're a bunch of punks or whoever you are. If a naked guy, big and buff as anything, comes walking up to you in the middle of the night, slowly back away and get out of there because he knows (laughs) something you don't. Or at a minimum, he's just not scared of you. He wants something from you. You want nothing to do with a big buff naked dude. That a buff is also another huge added thing in there. But I remember Tim Allen. Do you remember Tim Allen? Yes. Tim the tool man, Taylor. 
Do you remember what his book, he wrote a book. It was like a biography or something. Do you remember what that was called? I don't remember, but I read it and I loved it. Don't stand too close to a naked man. There you go. That's what the name was. Yes, I remember now. <laughs> it's so funny. And so that brings up that, oh, that's just good. And going off of that, any time you can have trouble or run away from trouble. Obviously, punks, they think that they can, they bring the trouble so they don't care. Um, so there was, I'm not going to get into the story, but I was at the gym. Somebody was being kind of dumb. And I literally just walked away. It could have been confrontational. I could have stopped and said something, but I'm not going to, I'm literally not going to let you have any control over my brain, my time, my anything. Like, I don't care about like the question is what do you, I, I like. Um, so there's a book called Atlas Shrugged and written by Ayn Rand. Really, really good book. Long book, very, very long book and long um, everything. But one thing that is always asked that stood, stood out in my brain is whenever somebody asks the main character, so what do you think about this person? And his reply is, I don't. I don't even think about, why do I think about, I'm not thinking about that person, good, bad, or the other. I don't even care. I'm not going to waste my brain power or energy on that. Same exact thing like with these punks. It's like, ah, let me walk away. Let me, it's so much better to leave a situation than having it escalate. Even if you think you're tough, just move on. So 100%. My out. I want to add or give you my first lesson. It happened many times and I was like so frustrated. I was like, oh, if you get into a car and you're trying to sneak away from a bad guy, don't peel out. Stop peeling (laughs) out. It's literally like, everybody come over here. Look at me. I'm running away. Why do you do that? Just creep away. I just... I couldn't believe that over and over and over. Yeah, you're right. 100%. Why peel out like that? It's just a movie thing. They want that sound effect at excitement, but it's idiotic. You're right. I mean, even better, take off the parking brake, open the door and push it slightly away. Get 20 yards away, then turn it on and go, you know? Well, shoot, we learned that back when we were younger, either like teeping in somebody's house or, you know, leaving the house or, you know, late at night or something like that. It's just like you don't want any noise. Yep. Noise brings attention. <laughs> Absolutely. It does. Love that point right there. Um, My second lesson is this too shall pass. And you alluded to it earlier. Her waitress friend said in 100 years, no one's going to care about this. A lot of that stuff about is is that way. Things that we get offended about, upset about that hurt us, hurt our feelings right now. Three hours from now, who gives a crap? A day, a year, two years from now, we don't even remember that stuff, right? Everything bad that happens, not everything, most bad things that happen to you, you shouldn't give two licks about. Like you had said, that guy in the gym right there, just ignore him. It ends 30 minutes later. You have no problems. No, you're not around him. No dealing with him. This too shall pass. That's a great point. I completely wholeheartedly agree with that as well as I'll add, this is not part of my lesson, but I'll add something like you said. So in marriage, obviously Sky and I are older, you and I are older, but um, in marriage, it's so much better because when I first got married, I had so many like picadillos, which are things like I get upset at if my spouse does something, it's a picadillo. It's like, oh, you can't believe you, I don't know, don't close the drawer all the way. Just if you just tell yourself, I'm not going to get mad at that anymore. And I'll just walk up and close it after you. Life gets so much better. That's a small thing to where it gets bigger and bigger. If you think, I look back now at all the things that I said, "Ah, I'm not going to let that bother me. 
I have had so many things and I can't even remember what they were anymore. I remember it being so like frustrated and like every day, like, I can't believe this is happening in our marriage. Now I'm like, eh, I don't even remember what that was. So that's a good point. That's a very good lesson. I do that as well, but I guarantee my wife doesn't do it, right? There's, (laughs) There's so many things that the boys do something wrong. I see that exact same thing. I simply pick up the trash. I'll wipe down the toilet. I won't get mad at them. She sees it. She starts yelling, Mason, Dalen, get over here and take care of whatever it is. But I I just kind of avoid that yelling, avoid the pain and just take care of it myself real quick. Occasionally, you know, you want them to learn. You want them to do the right thing. You want them to be better people, of course. But at the expense of you getting angry and now yelling at them and causing conflict between the two, two of you, that's not worth it. Take a breath, either do it for yourself or like just take a breath and call them over calmly and have them do the right thing at that point. So what what do you think is more menacing? And I'll give you two examples. And this is a little bit of parenting for everybody listening. But if you're like, hey, you get over here and you do this. Obviously, that's, you know, it's kind of irritating to hear a parent yell at you like that. And it actually grinds on you. But after a while, if you always hear, hey, every you do that, and you start yelling. It's just you kind of tune it out. In yep. fact, you would know because you would see parents doing that to their kids in grocery stores or whatever, just yelling, oh, I'm going to count to three. And they start, that is, that they start to tune that out. How much more so is if you go like this and if you're looking at the screen, I would uh, that watch and learn if you're watching the YouTube, I just go up to my kids. I do this with my finger, just to, you know, say, tell them to come here. I don't even say a word. I just do this with my eyes going like this. You know, my, my, I'm frowning. I'm looking at them. They know I'm upset. I just do this and tell them to come here. And then they walk over there. They're all like this, just because I'm not saying a word. And then I go, did you really just hit your sister? If you hit your sister, I hit you. Which one would be like as a little kid, which one would you be like much more so like, oh my goodness, I don't want to do that ever again. Exactly. Which one? That second one is much more menacing and impactful and memorable for the kids. And there's something else just in general human nature. When you're getting yelled at or like naturally your reaction is you are now my enemy. You're yelling at me. You're my enemy. Now I don't want to do anything to make you happy, right? But on the other hand, if you approach them the way you said, or even just approach them with respect, now they're going to do what you want them to do as opposed to making an enemy right there. My goodness, it works every yeah. every time because they know that you are so not just purposeful, but like you're going to follow through with it. Yeah. Like they're like, my dad is not just saying this for no reason. Mm-hmm. Like he is literally going to because I do. And obviously you got to follow through with it. But what happens is you're helping them to understand that the, the gravity of everything, not just, you know, obviously hitting your sister. You know, I'm like, I always say, did you hit a girl? If you hit a girl, daddy hits you. That's just a, we get the belt and we spank that bottom. Like that's just the way it works out. And so, yeah, that's, and I love that idea. You know, when you're thinking about yelling or anything like that, it's, it's just, it doesn't really help unless there's certain random circumstances that it could help. But let me go ahead and give you my second lesson. There's only one real way to keep a secret. And that's literally telling nobody, tell nobody your secret and we see this when Sarah Connor is talking to her mom. Now, obviously, we don't have robots that are going to do that. But I would say I'm seeing so much more technology where they can replicate your voice. They can even, you know, type in something and have somebody sound like somebody else that they just grab their pattern of speech and it sounds just like them. 
it, it's going to get to where it you're not going to know. That's a small case of, in general, if you have a secret, the only person you could trust with is yourself, like literally yourself. Because if you tell one person, just that one person will either let it get out or something's going to happen. Oh, I could trust this one other person or I could trust this one other person. And by the time you're done in you know four minutes, it's already around the world. And so that's literally what you need to do is just keep a secret to yourself. 100% great life lesson. I fully agree with you. Less people that know the secret, the less it can get out there in the world. So, Dust, my final grade for The Terminator. I still love the movie. I think it's great, but I just have to give it a B because it's not that rewatchable, not that fun. No laugh out loud moments, no real smiling moments, just kind of watching it and enjoying it because I remember it and maybe it's a nostalgia thing. And I know that this is what spawned an entire pretty decent series of movies, you know, but really it's a B. I, if you like the Terminator, like if you love Terminator 2, but you never saw the original Terminator, I imagine there's a lot of people like that out there who saw Aliens, but they never saw Alien. You know, you've got to see Terminator to know where things started to get a fuller, a more full appreciation of the movie that you love. So I recommend this, uh, but it's not super rewatchable. Yeah, I, I go with you. And that's something that I always, in my grade, realize I want it to be rewatchable. I want to watch it and be like, man, that's what I want to watch again. And that's what bumps it up in a grade for me because I enjoyed it so much because I remember obviously going and watching it um, as a younger kid and watching it again and really enjoying it. I give it an A minus hmm. and A minus like I'd say Terminator 2. I can't remember what grade, but I want to say I probably gave it like an A plus. Um, but in in like kind, I get a great movie. I really, really enjoyed it. It didn't drop down to a B because I really enjoyed it. I probably would watch it again. Um, you know, you got so many great actors in there. Ta- Arnold Schwarzenegger is just terrific. But uh, so what was your favorite scene? Um, my favorite scene is probably in the uh, police station. Arnold Schwarzenegger coming, decimating 30 cops. They're trying to fight back. And of course, they're not going to believe that he's a robot. They're not, not going to believe this crazy dude that they have locked up who's talking about the future and stuff. So you're going to be really surprised um, uh, as the cops. You know, you're going to be underwhelmed or overwhelmed, I guess is the word, and die. And I just really like the action of that scene. Those bullet uh, sound effects are super loud da, 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 during the whole thing. And you get Lance Hendrickson in that scene. He comes out shooting. He gets plugged. I mean, I just, I, I really enjoyed it. And then, of course, you get Reese escaping, coming to Sarah, and then he saves her and takes her off again. Enjoyable scene. It's so fun. And I would actually agree with you. That's my favorite scene. Mm. And I think there are a couple different reasons. Well, the big one for me is with the I'll be back, where the camera angle is so perfect, like looking like you're the desk person looking up at this menacing figure, figure saying, I'll be back, and then rams right through it. Like that's when action just starts going. And the one thing, though, I could understand the Terminator, a robot just shooting from the hip and doing just fine. But the police officers are like, like they literally had no clue how to shoot a rifle. It's like, come on. I'm so glad that producers, directors and actors like John Wick, the movie John Wick, where it's like these guys literally got trained on on how to shoot. It makes it look so much more realistic. So but in all, I really like that scene. It was really, really fun. Other than the peeling out, like he's still inside there. He thinks you guys in the, just drive away very slowly. Yep, yep, yep. Cool beans. All right. So I'm glad we enjoyed the same movie. Anything dust that we uh, forgot to mention about the Terminator? I'm good to go. Cool beans. So this was my choice. What are we going to learn from next week? 
So I I was remembering when we watched The Three Amigos, which is a fantastic movie, and it has Steve Martin in there. And one other, there's many Steve Martin movies. He's really fun to watch, but I really, really like, and one of my favorite movies of his is My Blue Heaven. We talked about it. I want to do My Blue Heaven. Sounds good. I'm looking forward to it. I haven't watched it in a long time, but I love Steve Martin. Like you said, Rick Moranis, that's another benefit of, of watching this movie too. So I'm, that's a good choice. As I'm looking forward to learning from it next week. So everybody Sweet. who's watching on YouTube or listening on the podcast, thank you so much for your ears or your eyeballs. We do appreciate it. Uh, you heard what we think about the Terminator. Now we want to hear your thoughts. So go to the show notes page, watchandlearnpodcast.com slash Terminator. You go there and you'll actually find our reviews for the Terminator, today's movie, Terminator 2, Judgment Day, and Terminator Part, maybe it was 7, Dark Fate, the most recent one. They're all there on the same page for you to listen to and check out our life lessons. But of course, we want to hear your life lessons, your Monday morning quarterbacks, so just leave a comment in the uh, comments section down below. All right, once again, everybody, thank you so much. My name was Sky. And I'm Dusty. And we will return next week with... My Blue Heaven. <laughs>